0: Welcome along to the New Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Adam Tinney, and I'm joined here today on episode number 20. Made it to number 20, guys. Yeah. I'm here with well, Callum hello. from hello. Uh, the Pinocchios, and James, the manager of the Pinocchios. Hello. How I've never had doing? a manager in before, so... Yeah, well... It's first, a vital
1: part. First, Yeah, first thing. I don't really like calling myself the manager, but... Uh... <laughs> well let's
0: sound engineer we've been going through a lot of different roles you know yeah
1: i just sort of add a different element to the group i like it i think everyone appreciates it. (laughs) fantastic yeah Yeah. um
0: so pinocchios i met you guys at the end of last year you came in for a session fantastic session first i think double bass i had in the studio uh, which is quite interesting with yeah. um, uh, Jules, isn't it? Jules, that yeah. Um, yeah. really good stuff. And, and Neil, of course, who I met on drums, who's he been in with a few different bands recently. Um, so as is normal, we're going to go straight into one of the songs and then we're going to kind of chat around your musical career and other things that you guys are doing. So uh, first song today is Freedom. So please tell me about the meaning behind it, the lyrics, how you wrote it, why you wrote it, all that kind of thing. Uh, this one was... Uh, it's more of a...
2: Focus more on the lyrics when I was writing it than normal well i guess i would always focus on the lyrics but um
0: like i guess sometimes you just want to make a song that sounds good i suppose right that's maybe works for a life yeah like the main
2: or... inspiration reason for writing it was the lyrics
0: for this one okay.
2: um just from kind of when you're doing a lot of busking you're kind of like a observer of society okay at the same time as playing to them you know and um i think one of the lyrics in it uh look at all those people wondering which way to go. Sometimes you gotta ask yourself, who's even running this show? It's kind of like asking the listener to think about the things going on behind society and how, um, you know, we live in like this money thing, money-orientated world, and I'm not sure if people are always wondering the human side of it like there are actually people in charge of our situation yeah um and very few people actually running it and the rest of us are kind of stuck with what they decide what they want to put in their their pocket with yeah. what money they want to make so it's kind of a um anthem for freedom and just to say look they can take everything from you but they can't actually take your Inner freedom, right? I see. That's
0: the that's cool, man. It's a cool message. I like that. I often think about the kind of uh, because you know, kind of um, with maybe more of a liberal attitude, uh, as as most people that come into seaside sessions have, you know, kind of uh, uh, artistic and that kind of thing. um, You often look at companies and and governments and stuff as like they're like evil. Do you know what I mean? But like, we're not in a James Bond movie here. Like, they're not actually evil. But then there's people running them that that I always think is so. Uh like Monsanto, right, massive company, you'd probably call them one of the most evil companies in the world the way they've done things they've done to farmers around the world and this that and the other, but like the c e o or whatever's just a bloke with a family, you know, well, but he's making the rules that are impacting so many people.
1: There's probably that. a lot of old seventies hippies yeah. that have office jobs now, that's for sure, yeah, I can, you know <laughs> um it's a very strange
2: to me it depends uh, how deep you wanna go with it um I have a few friends who would i guess they'd call themselves um. Conspiracists, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And
0: you've got you can go as far as thinking about kind of satanic worship and stuff like that. Whoa, and to be fair, I've seen these weird pictures of of weird kind of uh, get togethers of very wealthy people and politicians,
2: and yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and all that stuff. Like, they wouldn't
2: some of my friends wouldn't be talking about this because they would be thinking that they're listening, listening. (laughs) right? Maybe they are, man. (laughs) Maybe Maybe they they are, are. and if you are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can we, can we to go that? To? Yeah.
0: yeah no i do think that sometimes i mean obviously you know i started this podcast because because uh, i love music and i want to hear a bit more behind the scenes of of the seaside session videos you know and what the lyrics mean in this that and the other and um but but i do often wonder like I, as i was saying that sentence a minute ago about monsanto i was thinking shit what if they're listening what if the lawyers are listening but you know who cares man we're self-publishing we haven't got to yeah. adhere to anyone but that's, that's kind of like the
2: the message of the song is that Maybe these people are in charge, maybe they are evil, and maybe they control your finances, or but they can never
0: actually control you. Yeah, you know, that's the message. I like it, man. It's really so cool, bad. really cool. All right, well, we're going to get back into uh, you know, how you write songs and all that kind of thing, the process and how it goes in a minute. Uh, but let's give this a listen. So, this is Freedom. <laughs>
3: I this path again
0: Okay then, so back in. So we're going to talk in a minute about uh, Devotion Strong, which is one of the songs that you did here in Tide Sessions, mm-hmm. the acoustic version. So let's get back in for a second to talk about the Pinocchios. So um, I mentioned Jules a minute ago. You So you've had a bit of a personnel change since you were last in session with me. So how's right. things structured now? Uh,
2: so we're a four-piece now, and we've got um, Martin Emmons playing electric bass. Okay. Which kind of gives the band more of a, I guess, a, like a 70s R&B feel, like a Southern Soul. Okay trying to get like a I I really love Aretha Franklin. So um so Jules is now on keys and saxophone. Okay. And I kind of had to give him a nudge when he's meant to do a saxophone solo. <laughs> well uh, I think he's
1: he's best suited there. You know he adds such blow, a different element, air. yeah. Well the next oh. on he's the next guy one, good, great musician. Um, oh.
2: Jules is playing piano and saxophone and Is he? He's uh that's how I first met Jules, we were on the street and he just came up to me and said, uh, "Mind if I join you?" And he, when I heard this saxophone, it was just like <sighs> all really? these colors in my mind. And wow, that's awesome! Yeah, we well, both that's... got this warm, washing feeling go through us. We nice. didn't. We never even said any words apart from, uh, "Do you mind if I join?" you? Really? Yeah, that's fantastic. What you were just asking one day. And yeah, was... at night, and it was just Amazing. one of the most soulful experiences.
0: And we've been playing together since then. Nice. Yeah. He's a very cool guy. I didn't realise he played different instruments as well.
2: Yeah,
1: I know. No, he's That's quite
0: tough, right, to do the double bass and all the different
2: things
1: he does. Uh, he doesn't make it seem tough, does he? Well, but Brother. when
2: we did this session, he'd been playing double bass for about a year, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, he's just one of those guys. Just picked it up. Yeah.
0: Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so let's bring it around to kind of songwriting for a moment then. So so how does that work? So, so you write all the songs on your own, or is it more of a collaboration with the rest of the band, or does Jules get involved? Obviously, a creative guy himself, I'm sure he maybe writes himself or the
2: way it is at the minute because i've got so many songs backed up from kind of like four or five years of writing okay um i'll come to rehearsal and i'll play them the song and then we'll kind of work as a group it's i try and allow each band member to craft their own instrument the way they play it with their own style and i don't um intrude on that um because we really value spontaneity, mm, definitely. Yeah, it's, I think it's it's uh, lacking a lot in in music. Because uh, music is kind of like a living thing, and if yeah. you try and cage it in with too much structure, um, you'll lose like that essence. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, um, yeah. isn't that kind m- of
0: a, a sad indictment of the state of music, though? With you know, where the things that are kind of structured tend to get to number one in the charts a lot. Well, it's okay. it's one of those
1: again. It's one of those scenarios where you're rather than like we say there's an element of spontaneity and and stuff to music you know music's to be fitted to a model now Mm. and it's sort of the same it's a shame it's the same it's the same with like the whole capitalist thing it's like it has to meet a certain requirement for it Mm. to sort of whereas we pride ourselves on being very very sort of energetic and 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 i wouldn't say raw but i think
2: if you're there (sighs) fully there then the audience then become fully there as well. It's like an invisible connection.
1: It's more. It's more of a problem for me in society that whereas music should be emitting emotion, and i imagine I mean it's hard for me to say, obviously, but there's a lot of music out there at the moment that doesn't emit emotion that it may well should do. You yeah, know? definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's very I mean? cold.
0: Very yeah. like clinical. Very just it's just it's serving a function of being background noise essentially mm-hmm. to people's lives and it's
1: sort of molding people's lives which i always struggle with as well you know people like mold people like molding their lives uh, uh, you know with this song that they've listened to but they think that's the norm because mm. It's, it's not on, it's an individual thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah exactly. It's all about expression. And
0: do you know, I uh, I don't watch the X Factor and voice and all that kind of thing, but I was looking through the other day and the voice was on, and there was a 16-year-old lad, great voice, you know, obviously, as as they do, but I just I can't be doing with the whole it's been my lifelong dream to be a singer. Mate, you're
1: 16, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's the whole manipulative you know mean? thing with that. what they what they do as a if production company. It's the, company yeah, it's and the and emotional it.
0: connection that they try and get with the audience, I get it. But give me this any day. I mean, I've been doing Seaside Sessions now for just over a year and some of the artists that have come through the doors just like yourselves and you just have just so much talent, it blows me away. The amazing lyrics, the the things that you do, It just everything about it blows me away. And, and almost now when I go to the pub and I see a covers band, I feel a bit... A bit disappointed, you know. I want to see someone do their original stuff.
1: And that's that's one thing where we struggle with a lot in what, regards to getting the, gigs and stuff. Course, it's yeah. like we always, it's a case of appeasing to the audience, mm.
2: which we don't really do. We don't really do. <laughs> we, don't. we just hope that it, you know, so like we can just play it the way that we do it, and then um, hopefully that comes across and people like it. But I've never, pl- I've never played for anyone else to like it. Yeah. Um I play it cuz it's kind of a necessity s we, we see music as a part of a community and a part of just being a human, being alive. Yeah. yeah. Um that's where we come from it with it's not like all the X factor and the voice it just skews it, and makes it
0: Yeah, absolutely. harder for the real music to come Come to people, yeah, very much so. Very much so. There was a great thing I heard once by Ricky Gervais, and you know, it's okay, I suppose, when you're in a position of someone who's very, very successful, but he basically doesn't care what he makes. He's he come out and he sort of said that I, I make things that I like, and hopefully enough people will like it that the uh, studio backs him. You know, it doesn't make anything for, for the masses, which I think is great. Well, all the people that have influenced me have taken that approach as well, yeah,
2: because I think how can you carry on making it if you have if you're always like
0: if I'm writing a song and I'm thinking.
2: I've got to get that bit in because yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah. you know, so.
0: Oh, terrible. Um, all right, well, let's bring this back round. So the next track we're going to talk about. So uh, Devotion Strong. Tell me about this. This is, uh, I always wanted to write
2: like a really steamy romantic love song. Okay. With the, the cover being me in front of a fireplace. <laughs> 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 nice. Or, like, no, Al Green lounging. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the old sheepskin rug. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, I wrote this song in about eight minutes. Seriously? Literally. Yeah, and okay. it just, um, just fell out brilliant really it's just just strumming the guitar i think sometimes you're just in a spot where you know when you pick it up you're gonna something's gonna come out i went for a walk to make sure the refrain was in my mind and that was it just simple as that and then just wrote a little love message
0: (laughs) 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 wonderful wonderful
2: yeah it's one of
1: our favourite songs isn't it
0: it was cool yeah I mean obviously this is one of two I think that you did with me in session and Mm. uh, yeah brilliant I loved it fantastic song All right, but we're going to hear the proper proper version not the acoustic version yeah proper version let's give it a listen this is Devotion Strong
3: and love Honey Oh, I'll never pretend There's a the tower outside, baby. Nothing's gonna move me. I got love burning inside for you, for you. I've been in life, yeah, you know I've been in truth. your body got the aversion strong.
0: Okay then, so uh, this will be the third time I've done this, I wish I'd introduced these things a bit quicker, but so we're going to go into a few quick hits before we get into the next track, so uh, these are very, very straightforward, simple questions, but just a way to kind of the audience to get to know you a bit better, so um, starting with you Callum, we're going to go, uh, the first bit of music you ever bought, oh. single or album? BB King, I think
2: it was the greatest hits. Seriously? It was actually H&B, used to get like double CD uh, deals and it was... Buddy Guy and BB King.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting uh, far too many cool answers to this now. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for a bit of sink or something to come out.
1: No, I, I, my thir- I didn't buy my first album. Okay. I got given it, um, and it was um, Paul Simon. Um, That's a cool one. And uh, Garfunkel. Okay. Um,
2: I was bought Michael Jackson. When I was young. Thriller, I think. Oh, yeah? Like that. So I used to love my. Hey, these answers are far too cool. My really? I thought that was the uncool. <laughs> no, not, <Yeah>. at <laughs> not at all. Not at all.
1: My, yeah, my nan was, like, uh, really massively into, like, Paul Simon and um, Cat Stevens and okay. Glenn Campbell and stuff like that, so... Okay. But then my dad was sort of into, like, uh, Paul Weller and Stone Roses and stuff like that, so... I always remember car journeys with that in the, uh, That's that, really cool. that in the radio. Yeah. You see,
0: one of the reasons I started asking these questions because I grew up. My dad loved Celine Dion, so I basically have grown up on that. Not as nowhere near as cool as what you're talking about. Can you so hit those notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay. Next question: the first live music you ever saw. Oh,
2: um, I think that apart from like Haven. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Really, Are you went to Haven? Yeah, yeah. big cabaret, yeah. love
2: well. wow. Yeah. wow. Um, I used to go to a blues bar in London. That was like when I started being independent. Yeah. Um well, Ain't Nothing But the Blues, which I'm actually barred from now. <laughs> right. I'm trying to punch the owner. <laughs> that that'll, was trying that'll work. to chat up my the girl, my girlfriend at the time, and I was drunk enough to think I was having it. Yeah. So right. <laughs> again, if you're listening, can I come back, please?
0: It's great. Cool. Go <laughs> cool, the James, first live music you ever saw?
1: It was Paul Weller I think with my dad Really? Yeah That's um, cool Because like I say he was like massively into the jam But I don't think I was necessarily that enthused by it But right. I actually kind of like his more acoustic songwriting stuff Whereas his songwriting is more to the fore Than sort of that sort of um, Moulded society thing with the jam Where it was sort of labelled as like a mod thing But but then like, Weller has great taste because um, I've watched a few things where he's th- sort of um, what's in my bag segments at Amoeba okay. Records do I don't know if you've ever seen them but No, no but just I inter- like the concerts Yeah, they just interview a load of musicians coming in and buy records and, you know, oh, yeah. I picked this because of, you know But nice. uh, yeah, it was my dad um, It was a Paul Weller concert and it was at Kew Gardens Okay But I was relatively old I think I was about 13 at the time
0: it's younger than me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, last question. So um, I noticed your phone wasn't a smartphone. So I, I, what I was going to do with this is just uh, get your phone out and shuffle Spotify. But that's obviously not going to work. not going to work <laughs> but, <me. laughs> but And maybe this won't work either based on a conversation we had before we started recording. But the question is, the the, the song, the track, or maybe the album that you just are listening to and repeat right now. Something that's really buzzing you. Oh, oh
1: that's a hard one. Uh,
0: I've
2: been, what was I? Solomon Burke. Oh, yeah? It was my birthday, uh, 21st of March, and my wife bought me uh, Don't Give Up On Me. Okay. It was like, one of his later albums. And it's like, uh, I think Van Morrison gave him a song, Bob Dylan gave him a song, Elvis Costello gave him a song. Wow. It's all these like amazing songwriters, kind of as a present, have given Solomon Burke one of their songs, and it's just... Uh, I'd recommend listening to it. He's, yeah, he's got one of the best voices ever. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and, amazing yeah. musician.
1: Oh, I find it really hard to answer these questions. Yeah, I know it's it got is. Right. Such a spice uh, <coughs> collection. Well, it was Carol King in the car. Carol King in the car <laughs> recently, but I think for me the most interesting thing I've listened to at the moment was, is probably here, my dear uh, Marvin Gaye. Okay. Um, mainly because of the context of the album. So he basically broke up with his wife. And to pay her back, the divorce money or something, he wrote the album and released it. And all of the songs on the album are sort of related to them breaking up. And it, it's really, really amazing. Well, his original
2: plan with it, with it, was to like kind of just knock it off and oh, yeah? so she gets her her money. Okay, but because he is such a great creator. It was it ended up being like,
1: yeah. I mean, something was with what's going on. Yeah, really? yeah it's amazing. Yeah. Really is like Fantastic. some of the lyrical content in and, it. And Sounds I mean, cool. he can just—yeah, it? it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's one what's, uh, Why do I have to pay a twenty fee? fee—is <laughs> uh, uh, that enough? Yeah. That's called awesome. that tracking. It's uh, brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah, That's, I'll give more, a that's more recent.
0: Thanks. It's recent, one of the right. one of the reasons I asked that is just so I can get some tips myself. Yeah. Know, no. So well, why not? To to. <laughs> we're all we're all up for sharing and caring. Absolutely, uh, man. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's get into the third song that we're going to talk about now. So uh, we're all going to die one day. Lovely, lovely name. <laughs> yeah, I
2: always feel a bit awkward, because we usually play that one first. <laughs> <Right. gig. laughs> Gets so, the crowd going, right? Yeah, shouting to the band, we're all going to die one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny uh, how it makes-
1: people take it as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah but yeah. but uh,
2: this is the kind of song that comes when you've been up all night. Okay. I think... Um, uh, I won't say how I was able to stay up all night, but there was some... <laughs> Uh, but we'd just been busking. We used to do these night busk on the high street and it was probably about nine o'clock right. in the morning by the time we got back home. Um, and I'd just... I'd been sitting in Westgate Gardens and just been having a conversation with a guy called Harry. He's like one of the wise characters of the high street. And okay. uh, just I think... Because I'd been up all night, my mind was a bit more stretched, certain concepts, and I was just trying to almost... Uh, Because when you're living, you can't really comprehend dying. So I was trying to almost talk about that world from the perspective of this world. And um, I think one of the lyrics in it is about... um, A little Robin told me, then he smiled and flew away, that we're all going to die one day. So I I guess it's kind of like trying to be peaceful about that idea. Yeah. Um, But the actual... It started out as a kind of country song, just like a strumming Hank Williamsy kind of country song. And then right. I was jamming with a guy called Dan Veens, Oh yeah, he's played here. Yeah, he's been in a couple of times. Yeah, amazing blues guitarist. Yeah, and, um, very tiny guy. Because he was playing kind of that blues thing, the um, when it stops and the vo- and the chorus comes in, and it's kind of like we're all gonna die one day. Right, it's completely from him. Right, because okay. I just kind of copied what he was doing on the guitar. Nice. And it completely changed the song, but.
0: Made the song as well. So. Fantastic. Yeah, love Dan. Dan in these parts. I think uh, I think at the end of at the end of our first year doing Seaside Sessions videos, I think he was the most viewed, right. or, or cumulatively, all of his videos. I think it's sort of about 15,000 views or something like that altogether, which is pretty cool. Yeah, talented guy. No one doing what he's doing. No, they're not. They're not. No, he's really kind of, uh, yeah, he's got something there. Mm-hmm. He's really got something. Yeah, love Dan. Okay, so, all right, let's give this a listen then. So this is the third track we're going to do today. This is We're All Going to Die One Day.
3: The state does.
0: and so back in so final track we're going to bring in uh, shortly uh, but first I want to talk a bit bit more about you uh, and your kind of career in music um, and also I want to talk about the album of course which we haven't plugged nowhere near enough yet all these songs of course from the new album okay. so we'll talk about that and some other stuff that's going on so yeah I just I'm always quite interested to find out you know how old were you when you started you know do were, were you like a three-year-old child prodigy that was writing music or you well, know did anyone, you start a couple of years ago if they listen to the way i play guitar well no i wasn't a three-year-old child
2: <laughs> 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 no i got into music pretty late actually um my dad bought me a guitar for christmas when i was 18 okay um and then i was more into kind of poetry and things like that and writing and
0: so you were writing before you got the guitar then.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was writing lyrics, but I always had the idea that I would sing them. Okay. And my only ambition with the guitar was to I remember thinking that oh if only I can play three chords I can start singing these lyrics, yeah. you know. <laughs> so I started with very low expectations of what I wanted to do, but it okay. kind of has helped me enjoy every moment of the Yeah, of the I process. See what you mean. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm an obsessive, so uh, about nineteen, I dropped out of uni and just went to Europe and went busking. And okay, so I think I've probably squeezed in about ten years worth of guitar <laughs> playing. <laughs> um That's cool. And I've I... just got to. I've just been doing just playing on the street, Brilliant. and it's only recently after Clem got involved at, um, that you got the band He's together. given me the enthusiasm in in my own music to right to you know like make it something a bit more.
0: Okay. And then so obviously the band's together now and you've just recorded this is the first album you've done, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: this was um what was it tracked about well, it could be a year and a half ago, something like that. I mean it was my first year of university. Um because I'm I'm not a musician per se, but I like to do all the engineering bits and mm-hmm. for me to be able to contribute in that manner is like more than enough and I'm sure, so yeah. appreciative of that. But um no, I just approached Callum on the high street. I already knew his wife reads me well, aka um, Callum's office. Callum's office. <laughs> Everything seems to happen on the high yeah, school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, we'd always, I'd always speak to him about maybe doing some recordings in the studio because where I was at university, I was had full access to a f- fully kitted studio. So, and then um, after like a few encounters, we sort of just decided to do it. And um,
2: I mean, it was so um, so spontaneous, like. Um Said earlier about how I met Jules, yeah. how I met Neil, the drummer was. Um, we were at the same gig. He was playing a gig. I was playing a gig. Okay, and um, I was looking for a drummer. And some said, "Oh, he." In fact, I think I was looking for a bassist, and he said he played bass. Right. And then we were doing this um, thing on the radio the next day, and I just texted him and said, uh, "Can you come and play some drums?" He was like, "Yeah, sure." Really? Just so he like... had never even met the rest of the band. <laughs> that's brilliant and I he just that. set up the drums and it just kicked it off and it was just something that once again it just gelled like we'd always been playing together that's fantastic so
1: yeah a lot of the things that have happened to us over the past couple of years really since we've all been working together have happened so organically and for us it gives us that extra impetus so well yeah. the
2: tracks have comp- there's a few overdubs of the actual bass is the the drums and the oh, bass yeah. and the Vocal and guitar all live, it's all one live take recording live Is it? Take. Yeah. Neil Young style, yeah Nice we did, <laughs> uh, So
1: yeah, we did the whole six tracks in one day Really? Yeah so That's so impressive it, it was, I think it was like 10 o'clock till 7 or something like that mm. That's um, great
0: And well, you, you, you did all the... I recorded back, it all, yeah back, back Behind the scenes stuff Yeah, yeah, so I tra- all tracked stuff.
1: it all And then sort of once it was all tracked Then we did sort of like, say, three, four months of overdubs Sort of going in like... Doing evening sessions, like three-hour evening sef- sessions, like overdubbing harmonicas and guitars and piano and s- mm-hmm. saxophone and stuff like that. And then I, once that was done, I took it away um, and started sort of preliminary mixing it. And um, where I'm still learning, I sort of got to a point where I felt like I couldn't give it the justice that I deserved. So mm-hmm. we ended up getting... Um, Neil Sullivan. Neil
2: Sullivan. Who, uh, who's in, plays uh, in Leopard Celestero. Okay. And if you know. No, I don't know. No, I'm not come across him um, yet. But he kind of did a a remix and mastered it
0: and uh just added a bit of a bit of magic to it.
2: Yeah, basically yeah. Yeah, polished it. Yeah,
1: He did. I mean cuz my mixes were sort of quite loose. Right. Um but sort of still, you know, audibly okay, but you know mastering's like a dark art, and yeah yeah absolutely where I had where I had things going on with with my degree and other things like that, you know, I just felt like I didn't want the time to and the, but get, the, the, these little
0: things I find they're so subtle as well when you hear the things side by side, but they add everything to the yeah, track yeah like it's, it, weird. It, it's weird it's amazing it works
2: yeah, yeah it took yeah. me
1: six months probably to mix it, which is a shame on me, so. Please, if you want to hire me as a mixing engineer, I'm better now. Okay? <laughs> I don't take that long anymore. I'm much better, much more, uh, much more proactive. But where like I say, where I was still yeah, sort of course. learning and sort of trying to fit it in because you have to sort of really um, narrow yourself down and sit down and focus and mm. your ears. And but we were happy with the really, really happy with the end result. You Fantastic! Know? I, I was so pleased.
0: And so, what's in the pipeline? You guys have got some like uh, album launch parties and things like that coming up. S- yeah, Bramley's, which is
2: in Canterbury mm-hmm. uh, on the 9th of May Okay, but so that's
0: a week after this is going out on the 2nd
2: But then sense, right. yeah, next before week.
1: that we'll be playing um, at the Sweeps Festival in Rochester as part of the Songwriters on the Road Oh cool, that's uh, Griff's stage, right? Through Griff, Mr yeah, Griff, fantastic. yeah, Plug yeah. Griff, he'll love, th- yeah, he'll top love like. that Yeah, Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, And then we've got some other things, sort of like the more local gigs sort of unplugged gigs and stuff like that uh, Frog and Firking in Herne Bay I've never been there but um, I see that
0: venue comes up quite a lot on Facebook so yeah and then we're always trying
1: to um, promote the well Callum always plays at my events as well so we're always sort of promoting the band through there you can this come and find
2: me in my office on the high street yeah, absolutely yeah. <laughs> they'll have, have business they'll have business I'm cards they'll <laughs> have business
1: cards with them in nice. a nicely uh like little wallet thing but very nice very yeah. nice
0: so you still do a lot of that Callum. a lot of busking still
2: it's kind of like my day job is it because uh obviously following on from freedom babe i'm not going to be working for the man right <laughs> <laughs> gave up on that so um yeah i kind of see it as just uh, it's better than doing that yeah absolutely and, you know and it's i like giving to you meet all the homeless people and you kind of feel like you can make their day a bit
0: different yeah sure a bit more lively and Yeah, that's great. That's great. I had this idea. I can say this publicly now because I I can't do it unfortunately. But maybe next year. But I had this idea of National Busking Days coming up in July. Annoyingly, I found myself out the country at the time. But I wanted to do kind of a big big busk thing in Margate. You know, twenty or thirty people around the town, just in random places. Maybe even on some buses and stuff. Just random stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stay tuned for that in twenty nineteen, listeners. You heard it here first. Twenty eighteen, unfortunately, can't do it. (laughs) alright cool so should we move into the last track yeah. just get into that and then yeah. we're going to wrap the old, uh, the whole podcast up so the final track we're doing today Hooligan Angels mm. sounds like a wicked name intriguing name
2: yeah uh, it only makes poetic sense to me okay you know just can see these visions of like because you know angel, an angel to me is not a uh, a winged dove like thing on a, on a cloud with a halo an angel is like a powerful warrior okay and so I guess using the word hooligan it's kind of like a paradox compared to a- Angel, but um, yeah, I just like how it sounds. Yeah. yeah, I was on the train when uh, the word came to me, and I was like, "Oh, I better, better make a song." Oh, so it, I see. It get... was that
0: it was that way round, right? So you thought of the name first. And yeah, just those
2: words. I was like, "Oh yeah, that'd be a cool song," and then just um, sat down at home and worked something out. Yeah.
0: Okay. And what what is it about? Is it is it is it about anything specific, or is uh, it kind of a story that you have made up? I guess you could call it like a, a
2: vision thing. Okay. It's just like um poetic there's a poet called arthur rambo who i I named my son after actually and uh he kind of opened me up when i was young yeah and it's you i guess you could call it surreal surrealist writing okay um it comes from kind of that world
1: do you think it uh describes us as a as a band in a way yeah i think
2: it would work yeah a little bit yeah
1: how we operate and well maybe not so much operate but
2: it's meant to convey a kind of forceful love. There's like a line in it that says, "Love that lies in moonlight pools ain't nothing but a hooligan angel." Right. It's one of those things. If you try and look at it and make sense of it, it won't make sense. But if you just take it as it is, it kind of
0: okay. All right. Works. Sounds awesome. <laughs> <I hope>. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so this is the final track we're going to do today, and we're we'll back in a sec to just kind of play this out and finish it off. So today we've. T- this is the final track, Hooligan Angels.
3: On the high beam, comes another snowball.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. So, just to finish off the podcast then, guys. So, uh, Pinocchio is on Facebook. I always spell it wrong. It's it's one N and two Cs. That's it, it. it. It's yeah. just the Pinocchio's <laughs> is the page, right? And yeah. other social medias and websites and anything uh, like that?
1: We, oh, we've got a
2: YouTube channel now. Okay. With some live videos on Which there.
1: Busking videos? Possibly. No busking videos. Get but, the busking uh, videos up, man. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a few um, videos... Um, St. Patrick's Day, St. We, had. Patrick's oh, Day cool. okay. we had a couple of weeks ago and then the Lion Bar gig Brilliant. in Folkestone that we had Okay. Sort of the following week. And, um, then, uh,
0: and so tonight, tonight this very evening that we yes, are recording, you've got one of the in an events. hour. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> so
1: I I run three events a month um, in Thanet, um, one at the Lifeboat in Margate, which is happening tonight. So yeah. if you're listening, please come and play. <laughs> okay. And um, two in Broadstairs at the chapel. Yeah. Um, One's an open mic and then one's an acoustic showcase, which is more along the lines of trying to promote original music around the area. Yeah, Um, Yeah,
0: That's with uh, Julian owns both, right? Yeah. Yeah. a friend of yours. Yeah. Yeah 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 it's good he does does a bit for the area Uh, a bit
1: yeah Yeah. if he's listening yeah he's great but yeah I think I think I think everyone will be able to relate with the reluctance of that let's let's hope he's not listening but I do love him I love you Julian thanks Julian yeah yeah, Yeah. love
0: love the Um and uh, yeah so no but it's great is it named after this is stupid is, is it the wrestler is that why it's called mankind? No, no. Okay, I, <laughs> I I, that was the first yeah, thing I was thinking about. mankind music
1: was sort of developed when on my first year of university when we had to, as mm-hmm. an assignment, develop a promotion. We were able to make a pitch about what sort of direction we were taking the gigs in, and we all did a, we all created a name and i got my friend, who's a really good graphic designer, to do all the uh, designs and stuff. It's and cool design, yeah. Just wanted to play on the alliteration more than anything else. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, that's why, Seaside
0: Sessions. Yeah. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just easy to pronounce. It yeah, exactly. The
1: Two geniuses <laughs> together here. <laughs> Although, do you know what,
0: though? When I was coming up for logos at Seaside Sessions, like I could not get it out of my mind that SS is like the Nazi army, right? Or the Ooh. military police. So I could, I, That's why I have to always write Seaside Sessions. I'm never going to abbreviate to yeah. SS. Yeah. Find it? It's just stuck in my head. I know it's a stupid thing, and no one has probably ever thought about that before, apart from me. But, but um, there you go.
1: That's how it sort of came about. I, I didn't necessarily want to. I had no intention of using it really. But then, when we've tracked the album and just sort of had this idea of launching it as a label, and then sort of <laughs> trying to entice it with the events I'm doing. And okay, I mean, all of the acts that come to play at my events get a stereo recording and a like live video and stuff. Excellent. Um, that that gets promoted through the page okay and um, so you've got a Mankind Music page and yeah it's very early day days very early days because um, I'm still working with the graphic designer to sort of redevelop the logos and everything else because sure. um, he has really amb- he has good ambition um, from the last time I spoke with him so awesome but um, but yeah no that's that's practically it so you know I'm always always looking for original songwriters to come and play you know it's more about like um, like Callum says in the in the podcast it's a community thing yeah you know i want to be sort of build this consensus of musicians and stuff that are able to sort of you know come and enjoy themselves and yeah definitely you know, and, and i think
0: any opportunity where uh, a musician who is writing original music can showcase that music to an audience, I'm fully, and even yeah. a small audience at the end of the day there's not enough opportunities for you to play
1: that no cool stuff so there. in a way it's, i'm grateful for the opportunity um that julian's given me to use the venues and stuff mm. um so yeah, it's very early days. I've only been doing it for three weeks, and um, they've been picking up quite regularly.
0: Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be another month or so, so... So yeah, yeah. so watch this watch space, <laughs> Watch this space, it yeah. might have blown up already by now. Yeah, um, yeah. But people can get you
1: through the page, obviously, if they yeah, want to... Yeah, through the page, um, like obviously through the Pinocchio's right. stuff as well, I, yep. we manage that, and um, I mean, Canem always plays at the events. And sure. So you'll be able to see see his talents there as well.
0: Fabulous. Fabulous. So. All right then. Thank you so much guys. For uh, thank, you, Adam. Time. thank you. Thank you. It's been great. And, uh, listeners, thank you very much for tuning in and don't forget to do all that cool stuff, giving us the ratings on the iTunes store and telling your friends about us. That is how we grow people. So go and do those things.
1: And listen to the album, please. And listen to the album, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> That's it. All right, wonderful. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next week.